Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of CXCast. Sam Stern joined, as always, by my co-host, Jenny Wise. Hi, everyone. And we have with us in the studio our colleague, analyst Faith Adams. Hi, Faith. Hi, everybody. And we're going to talk with Faith about insurance today. Wait, wait, listeners, don't go, don't go. <laughs> um, sort of kidding here. We're going to talk about uh, previewing Faith's two talks at next week's Customer Experience NYC Forum as the name implies, in New York City on June 19th and 20th. And Faith is giving two talks there uh, about uh, revealing, it's a big reveal, right, Faith, Uh, some of the data from our uh, 2018 CX Index survey. Very exciting. We haven't really shared this data publicly yet. So Faith, give it all away so people don't even have to bother attending the forum. Tell us, what have you found in the data? Well, we cannot say too much. You have to attend the sessions to see the big reveal. Right. Um, that that being said, uh, for health insurance and then auto and home, um, it was pretty exciting. Uh, I, I will say I'm not going to give away the big the big story here, but um, as compared to last year, it's it's been quite impressive. Um, it's obvious that some companies are making some significant movement when it comes to their customer experience and doing an exceptional job of bridging that emotion aspect that we talk about in the CX index as well. So you can't say too much, but as we know from our CX index, um, there are several different drivers, one of which is emotion. And so it sounds like that driver was impacted. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it is more of a case of companies need to do a better job of bridging their digital transformations with the human aspect of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about customer service last year, that was a key driver across a number of industries. Um, and, and with that, I, that was something that I, I believe was still, it still resonates, but a lot of these industries, the experiences are so highly emotional. Um, you mm-hmm. think about health insurance specifically, you even think auto and home, you don't know what the circumstances behind a lot of the claims were. They, it can't just be about going online and doing something. It has to be about that connected experience from end to end. And so when we look at who else will be joining you for these sessions, there are a a slew of analysts and then also companies. I'm curious to hear what the different perspective is of everyone and how they sort of combine to tell the full story of this digital innovation that you spoke of. Absolutely. So for the home and auto segment, we do have a number of digital strategists and digital transformation folks from a number of different companies. Uh, I think that the story there is very much going to be around um, what have they been doing? What are they the most proud of? How have they been successful in helping propel their company forward? But then it's also going to be about because they, they do sit in more of those digital roles, how do they bridge the CX and the UX divide with their maybe digital strategy team? So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of discussion to be had on the, from the panel perspective that will really help um, organizations get a little bit more tactical about how they approach things and take some great ideas away from one another. For the health insurance segment, we are actually taking a little bit of a different approach. We do have um, one of the VPs from United Healthcare joining us, um, who's been making some great strides in terms of both digital transformation and really just breaking down the silos within their organization. But in addition to her, we, we have somebody coming from a health system, which is new to this. Obviously, the health system isn't somebody that we have CX index data on. Mm-hmm. And the reason we wanted to include them was simply because when you think about the continuum of healthcare, there's so many different players. And at the center is this patient or customer that doesn't realize who owns what part of the experience. Um, so we thought it was really imperative to bring somebody in from the outside to help there. And I'll be joined by um, Ruth Steinberg from Consulting. So an, another um, aspect coming from somebody with some deeper healthcare chops. 
So stepping back from the the actual panel sessions for a moment, you know, back to the data, the CX index data, what are you seeing people do in terms of taking that kind of data and to improve the experience? How does that play into what they do? I definitely think a lot of the companies that we've, we've been seeing improve are those that are truly listening to that voice of the customer and using that to better inform and guide their decision making. But in addition to that, there's the whole element of becoming smarter with your data. So a lot of organizations, you know, we talk about them being data rich, but insights poor. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that they're, they're starting to become more insights rich because of the wealth of data and being able to use it to, to their benefit. So it, it's bridging the, the gaps maybe that typically might exist between a data scientist and maybe a CX practitioner who's a little bit closer to the business. I think that that's something that in, as I was studying a number of the companies that were included in the CX index became evident to me. They're not only are they making that bigger play for data, the big data play, they're also really marrying it to what they do know from that CX perspective and and really sharing that information more on an enterprise level. Some organizations, for example, are restructuring around customer experience, user experience, more of that, Mm -hmm. that strategy. So those companies that are truly practicing what we preach day in and day out, you're, I think we're definitely starting to see some movement there. So I know that I have looked at the life insurance industry from the UX perspective, and we notice that often there is this gap between the business models of the life insurers, how they want the customer to engage, um, what they assume the customer knows about the domain and the language as they try to navigate sites. Um, and that there's that discrepancy between then what the actual user wants to accomplish and their goal. Did you find any of that in these industries? Do you think that's a problem that they're also facing? Oh, absolutely. I think any any sort of regulated industry could have that challenge and communication would come up as a key driver, which was the inspiration for my report last year about read my lips, clear communication can mean billions in revenue. Because if you don't speak the customer's language and meet them where they are, how do you expect them to be successful with the engagement? Right. Um, in my previous life as a practitioner, that was one of the things that drove me the most crazy was because we would literally be able to see in the data where our customers were dropping off and where our metrics were dropping from that transactional level. And so often it was tied back to maybe that B2B2C element where something got lost in translation between an advisor and broker and the customer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was you're using insurance acronyms that the customer yes. doesn't want to have to go Google <laughs> right. search. It's not understand. Yeah. So it, definitely, I think that that's something that I'm looking forward to possibly redoing the, the Read My Lips report with this year's data to see if anybody did listen to, to what we were saying about the, the opportunity that exists, not only from an engagement standpoint, but from a revenue standpoint as well. Mm-hmm. And listeners, if you're interested, that was episode 112 of CXCast uh, titled Read My Lips, Clear Communication Can Mean Billions with a B in Revenue, where we talked to Faith about that topic. And it's, you're right, it's such a great report. I, I think that even when they use terms that you kind of now understand, maybe because you've had to do business with them for so long, it's still frustrating they can't speak in your language. Like the fact that hotel companies won't, won't get past calling the bill the folio. It's, it's just, I, I know what the folio is, but like you're, you're being so weird about this right. hotel companies that you still insist on calling it that nobody else calls it that get on the same page with us in the language we use. Like the EOB, the, this is not a bill bill as it is referred to by the, yeah. the customer. Stop thinking about a bill. Why are you thinking about a bill? We said it's not a bill. We keep talking about it being a bill and it's not a bill and it's just on and on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we talked about a little bit, you know, you've alluded to some of the things that you've seen in the day that firms are doing to improve customer experience. Any 
without naming names again, any drop-offs that um, stand out to you in terms of, you know, backsliding from positive experience scores in the past? Yeah, there, there, there were a number of those as well. Um, it was actually, uh, I will say some of the, some of the brands that I had seen slip were, were a little shocking knowing that they're making Hmm. a lot of investments. Hmm. And sometimes what I attribute that to is, is how do you know you're making the right investments? Mm-hmm. And mm. so it seems like there might be some organizations out there where there's a little bit of a disconnect between what they think customers want and what customers always actually do want from them. And I think, oh, interesting. It, especially in healthcare, I think that that's difficult because there is a level of transparency needed. And I think that that's something that a lot of organizations struggle to balance. Like how much is too much information? Um, what can we tell them? How transparent can we be with costs? So there's a lot of variables that play a role there. But yet, as we all know, customer demands are rising. So there, there has to be a way to somehow meet in the middle. But I think it's, it's going to be very exciting. I think there's going to be a lot of brands who are going to be able to give themselves a pat on the back for even if it wasn't like a statistically significant increase, being able to say, hey, our efforts are starting to pay off is, is you know, just something that is so important Mm-hmm. I, I talk about that with a lot of um, VOC teams and CX teams that are that are running their VOC programs is you have to be able to celebrate the successes and the good things that happen. That's going to help help you gain momentum, get by and have people maybe who weren't a part of what you were trying to do, maybe want to engage a little bit more. And that ties back to a lot of the the stuff that you and TJ do, Sam, around enablement and and culture yeah. even. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and I think people do want to see that especially if they've been on this CX transformation journey for a couple of years, that it's actually, there's, there's some benefit to this and, the, you know, and, and so when the scores tick up, even if it's to your point, if it's only a little bit, it still feels like, okay, there's, there's maybe some, some payoff to all this, all this work we've put in or all this commitment we've made to improving our customer experience. Exactly. So, you know, you're hinting here without giving it away that there might be some, some nice improvements some brands will see. The data are helpful to see how you're doing, see how you compare to others past years. That's really helpful. But are there other tools or other things we can suggest to listeners, to our clients about how do you go deeper than just the CX index data to understand what can we do to improve the experience or where should we focus? And you alluded to this before, making sure your efforts, your investments in improving the experience are aligned with what customers are actually going to value and give you better scores for. So how would you answer that? Um, and this, that's a great, great question. Uh, I know Jenny had mentioned that she was doing some stuff with um, the life insurance mm. and looking at the, the digital user experience. Um, as a part of the home and auto breakout, I, we will be joined myself and Ellen Carney, who's the industry analyst from the insurance space. We will be joined with um, Gina Ballwalker, who is one of our, our new analysts. She will be joining us from that, that user wave perspective. And for those people who don't know what the user wave is, that is new this year. And she'll be doing essentially like a readout discussing about some of the digital properties and the opportunities that exist from that user experience perspective which I think will just help add an additional layer of context to that CX index data in the breakout. Um, I know that in some organizations, and I can say this because I'm married to a user experience designer, <laughs> there's, there's sometimes this divide when essentially yeah. if there's this great opportunity to come together, you could really make such an impact on your organization. It's not about working in your own little silos. It's about CX and UX being partners and really helping drive that comprehensive change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a friend who's a UX designer who always likens him his treatment to uh, mushrooms treatment, covered in dirt, or he might say something else, <laughs> and uh, kept in the dark in a back room. 
<laughs> well, hopefully this brings them out. Yes, bring them um, into the light. Although maybe that's not what mushrooms need, but I think UX designers yeah. could use a little vitamin D from the sunlight in their lives. Yeah, because I do think that's a critical perspective. Um, I obviously spend a lot of time doing those similar evaluations as well. But when we think about these industries, there's a lot of touch points. A lot of them are agent driven or customer service driven. And so you want the customer to get on the phone or talk to a person. Um, but, and I don't know what the stats are for these industries, uh, we know that in other industries like life insurance, um, people do want to go to the website and do some of their own research first, right? They might want to be more informed before they get on the phone with the agent. And so what that digital experience looks like, even though it's just one touch point in that entire ecosystem, is still really critical that it can not only have the right features and functionality, but are also usable and useful to that potential customer. Exactly. Well, you think about if you have a bad experience when you're essentially shopping or trying to learn something, how does that impact your perception of the brand? Mm-hmm. How does that impact your desire to move forward? Um, it's incredibly imperative. Yeah. Right. Because if something goes wrong with your health or with <laughs> your auto, which is why you're using health insurance or auto insurance companies, you want to make sure that you'll be understood and that the company exactly. is receptive. So that's a very important point. Yeah. Now, there's just such a, a huge opportunity. And I, I believe um, Rick had written about this in one of his reports recently, bridging like the human and physical. Yeah. Digital. Mm-hmm. Like it's you have to really you have to think big picture. We all, I, I know in the past I was guilty of sitting in my own little silo at times <laughs> because it was easier to do. Um, we all need to break those down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And I think there's, you know, it is a huge opportunity for differentiation because a lot of firms do struggle with that. The the digital to physical transitions and continuity and consistency. And maybe those are becoming less common if, if more stuff is done digitally, but they become more important because especially younger customers, I think, are only crossing into those uh, face-to-face or voice-to-voice interactions when they have a really critical need right. or problem. So you better get that transition right or you have failed at a major moment of truth. So I think it's really important. Um, good. Well, uh, listeners will post, uh, links to, uh, some of the relevant, uh, content and pages for the forum next week, where you get to see Faith and Jenny and Gina and lots of our, um, lots of companies, uh, speakers from companies as well, talk about what they're doing to improve the customer experience. And, uh, we'll look forward next week as well to the unveiling of the CX index data and results. So listeners keep an eye out for that, uh, middle of next week. If you're listening to this, uh, the week of mid June here in 2018. Uh, otherwise, if you're listening to it later then the data are already out and you can go check out the CX index reports on forester.com. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you next week on CX cast. Bye for now. Listeners, if you have feedback or questions about this week's episode, please email us at cxcast, one word, at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perceptions is your customer experience reality.